Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to start right out by starting right and dive right into scriptures. We begin this series on going green. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord. Everybody say that. Honor the Lord. One more time. Say it. Honor the Lord. That's where we're going to begin, and that's where we will end this morning as well. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Here's the result of that. So your barns, say my barns. Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats, say my vats. Your vats will overflow with new wine. Now leave that verse up just for a moment. We're we're going to be talking about finances and stewardship and so forth. And perhaps in a different way than than, uh, maybe you've had it approached before. And I think it's going to help us. Our goal is to is to have peace and to have freedom in, in our life. But when we honor the Lord, say that again, honor the Lord. Y'all are awesome. You memorized that much already. Honor the Lord. And when we do that, our, our approach to finances needs to be certainly natural material, but also we're going to see today, it's a very spiritual thing as well. And when you approach it in the right way, God blesses and acknowledges that both naturally and spiritually. So your barns, not all of us have barns. I don't have a barn. A lot of you do have barns because of where we live. But this has to do, it speaks of material things, of natural things, that as you would honor the Lord in the right way with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, your barns would be filled with plenty. God would bless you in a natural material way. And then also that your vats will overflow with new wine. That doesn't mean you're going to get a big jug of whiskey or something, all right? You know what that, what it, that is saying? It's spiritual. The new wine is, is, uh, speaks of the spiritual blessing that God would bring your way. And I don't know about you, but I like, I like the idea of being blessed naturally and being blessed spiritually. And you know what? You want both of those. And God has that for us, but we need to approach things in the right way. Can I get an amen on that? So we're going to take these next three weeks, and then that will land us at... Uh, um, Uh, Palm Sunday, and then Easter right after that. And boy, we've got a great Easter um, plan. But we're going to take three weeks on this, and our goal is to apply some biblical truths so that we can really arrive at a place of financial peace and a place of financial freedom. I want to admit up front my personal discomfort. Please know this. I just have a level of personal discomfort to talk about money, talk about finances, and in church and so forth. And I think I know why. It's because in church, a lot of times that's been, that's been handled wrong. It's been handled wrong. I've, I've watched it be, uh, uh, people be exploited by things being stretched or out of, out of context or pressure being put on people. And I don't believe that that's God's intention at all. And although I don't personally think I've ever done that, my heart is so not to do that. I do want to say this to all of us. I'm so sorry that some people have, in the name of God and in the name of church... Um, exploited or misrepresented or manipulated or, or, or failed to teach you the truths of God's word. And so all of that, let's put that aside and let's press on and see what God does in fact say to us in his word concerning these, these important things. I can't leave folks in bad doctrine. I have a responsibility to teach the truths of God's word. And as I said in our prayer earlier, when we come to know the truth, the truth does what? 
that sets us free. And that's what every one of us want to be in every area of our life. Know this. God wants you free. He wants you free in every area of your life. I don't buy into the doctrine that God wants everybody to be a millionaire. I just, I don't buy into that. But I believe that God wants everybody free. And I believe that he wants everybody blessed. And I, want, I believe that he wants everybody to be able to be a blessing. So my heart, now please hear my heart this morning. My heart is to serve you this morning. I don't want anything from you. I'm not selling anything. I want to get God's truths over to you today. And so I pray that you'll open your mind and open your heart and be ready to receive what I believe that God has, has for us today. And on any other subject, I have full comfort and am chomping at the bits. And so I'm just going to go ahead and get in that mode today, okay? Because I believe this, anytime, anytime on any subject that we come to God's word and get God's counsel on it, it's going to help us. I want to say that again. Anytime on any subject that we come to God's word and get God's counsel, God's light on something, it's going to help us. And I believe this is an area that so, so many people need help. So God help us in, in all of this. Amen. Some people say, well, churches are just after your money. Look at me. Maybe some are. But no, the answer is no. The shoe company, the yogurt company, the car company, the phone company, they're after your money. Now listen to this. This is from TNS Media Research. For every one hour of television, 36% of that hour is taken up with commercials. And late night television is worse. It's 49%. And late night television, out of every hour, there's 7 minutes, 59 seconds of in-show brand advertisement. Within the show, you see the guy, you know, driving a Ford, drinking a Dr. Pepper, and smoking a camel. You know, you you got all that going on. And it's not because they want you to have the best products and the best ride and the best, most wholesome, nutritious cereal. And I hope we have good products, and I hope their values are committed to giving good products. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they are after your money. Amen. Well, some of you may have heard a guy named uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Blue-collar comedy. He's a a comedian. One of his bits has to do with um, you might be a redneck. Okay, and a redneck, just for clarification, just means you, you totally lack sophistication, okay? And so uh, I want to kind of adapt that today, and instead of saying so-and-so and so-and-so, you might be a redneck, today I want to say so-and-so and so-and-so, you might need this series, okay? And so I've got a whole list that I've prepared here. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy said this, if you think the stock market has a fence around it, you might be a redneck. But listen to this. If you spend more than you make, you might need this series. If you don't know how much you spend, you might need this series. If you don't care how much you spend, you definitely need this series. If you owe more than on your car than it's worth, you might need this series. If you don't know how much you owe on your car, you might need this series. If you don't care how much you owe on your, your car. 
If paying the minimum on your credit card is a way of life, you might need this series. If, if you think paying the minimum on your credit cards is good financial planning, you might need this series. If you aren't sure if you're saving enough, if you don't know exactly how much you owe, if you have no method for tracking your money, if you have financial dreams but no plan, if you're not sure your retirement is on track, you might need this series. So we're going to dive in. We're going to get some truths. We want to get some real perspective today about financial freedom, about God's way of doing things, getting his light and approaching things. So be open today that God may shift something in your thinking. And that's the first place that the the shift needs to take place in your thinking and, and in your heart. This is not about how much money you have, okay? It's about how you manage what you have in light of God's principles, now, of course, all of us, you know, wish we had more. Some people are, are banking on, so to speak, uh, winning the lottery. But studies show that those who get that kind of windfall, if they don't have the character and already practicing those skills, it tends to ruin their life. The book of Proverbs talks about it a lot, that, that, that inheritance that comes suddenly and you're not developed and ready and already have those skills and practices in your life, it will mess you up. And there, like I said, there's documentaries um, talking about the mess that that has brought into people's lives. So stop looking for that. Stop trying to get on who wants to be a millionaire or whatever just so you can fix it all. You can start right where you are with what you have and handle it in such a way that God will help you, wisdom will help you, and a difference can happen in your life. Can I get an amen this morning? So the first concern would be our, our spiritual relationship. With money. And some of you, that may sound a little odd a spiritual relationship with money. It's going to make sense for you as we move along. This is kind of a heart check here this morning for all of us. So, concerning finances and concerning your relationship with finances, you're probably in one of four places, and we want to look at these real quick. Uh, the first one would be this in trouble. Everybody say, in trouble. Some of you are in trouble. And let let me stop right here and say this. Please get this. I say this often. Let me get your full attention for this. This is not a house of condemnation. This is a house of grace and truth. And it's the combo of grace and truth that will set you free. It's the combo of grace and truth that will help you, that will save your soul, that will save your life, that will save your situation. And so I'm going to address some things this morning. You go, he is totally telling on me in front of all of these people. And I'm not. You just act cool, okay? Just look straight ahead. Just bob your head. That's right, man. But it might be you. But listen, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that things can change. I want you to know that you can position yourself where God will help you more than than you're experiencing right now, and it largely has to do with you rearranging some things starting with your thinking this morning. So the first one is in trouble. Say that one again, in trouble. Let me describe it a little bit here. It means you're experiencing financial stress. You're in crisis mode. You can't pay your bills. You know, they've gone from uh, uh, writing you to calling you, and sometimes you think they're coming up the driveway. It's moved from 30 days late to 60 days late, maybe to 90 days late. You've had something cut off, your, your phone or power or whatever, or they're, or they're threatening to. Checks are starting to bounce. You're a month or two behind on rent or mortgage. And the bottom line is you're in trouble. And the thing is, you're not alone. 
You're not alone. Uh, According to the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, one out of every four Americans, one out of every four Americans is currently late on their credit cards. So spiritually, I don't think that's where God wants you. And I don't think that's where you want to be either. The second one would be this, looking good. Everybody say looking good. Looking good is this. You've got a nice home. You've got two or more cars, fashionable clothes, nice vacation, uh, weekend getaway now and then. You've got a Fitbit. You net stream Netflix. You've got an iPhone. You get a latte. No visible signs of anything, you know, that you would be in trouble. You're, you're looking good. But looks can be deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. Um, you're only one or two paychecks away from being in trouble. You're swimming without a lifeguard. And if any kind of riptide were to happen financially for you, if you were to get sick, if you were to get laid off, if something were to happen, your pay would get reduced or whatever it would be, how long could you survive financially? You might look good right now, but going paycheck to paycheck. Uh, If you lost all means of financial support tomorrow, how many weeks, how many days, how many months would pass before you ran out of money? According to a national survey by Magnify Money, um, half of the American population, half, couldn't last a month. It wouldn't last a month. Half of all Americans are living paycheck to paycheck with less than $1,000 that they could get their hands on in all their accounts. And one out of every four has less than $100 that they could get to. That's not God's vision of freedom. I said that's not God's vision of freedom. And, it's, and God certainly doesn't want you to be that fragile. The third one is this. Doing well. Everybody say doing well. Let me describe it a little bit. You're doing well financially. Things are rolling your way. You manage your money well. You have integrity. Um, you're not in trouble. You're not in debt or debt is not trouble for you. You have some savings built up in case of an emergency, in case of a a job loss, health crisis, anything like that. But here's the problem with this. Your entire orientation is horizontal. There's no vertical aspect to this. So you possess, you have, you manage well, but God is not a part of it. And you say, well, I've worked hard, and I've, I've earned this, and I've built this, and I've got this. But let me remind you of something. The, the Scripture says it is God who has given you the power to gain wealth. If it were not for God, you couldn't find your way to work two days in a row. You wouldn't know how to button your shirt up two days in a row if it were not for the goodness and the grace of God. And so we must be careful that we don't think that my hands and the power of my might have gained me all of this. Because the scripture says in the day that you start to think that way, you're actually in a little bit of danger. And you need to realize that any blessing, any good, any possessions that you do have actually did come from God. And so the problem with all of this is it's all horizontal. And and you may believe in God and love God. And you're here at church. But the reality is I'm not including God. I have no spiritual dimension at all to the finances and possessions in my life. And I would just say to you, it's not what God has for you. God has way better for you because there can be peace that would come with that as well. Can I get an amen on that one this morning? And the last one would be this, God honoring. Say God honoring. Say it like you mean it, God honoring. 
And no matter which of these you're in, you can almost instantly begin to get in this category. And that is if you're in trouble, you can, there are some steps you can take that will show you today that will begin to set your heart and your mind in this vertical direction that you're setting your heart on God and you're endeavoring to be God-honoring. might be looking good, you know, but you, we've got to add the God factor. And doing well, you can totally turn that around. And even though things are going well, things could actually go blessed and you could have peace and freedom with it as well instead of it being your master. And we can end up in a place where we're God-honoring. God wants you financially free You want to be financially free. You want the peace that comes from that. But it begins with this. You must honor God. You must honor God. Everybody say God honoring. So that is the goal for all of us in this. Now, throughout this series, there's a couple things we're going to do. We're going to get into some nitty gritty. We're going to show you some principles to get you out of debt. The principles to get out of debt. And then on week three of this series, we're actually going to get five of you out of debt. We're going to pay off your debt. I'm joking. I'm joking. I was just doing that to make sure you got here for it, okay? No, no. It probably wouldn't serve you well if that happened. But see, if we'll follow through on this, the principles that we're going to share with you today, and I've gathered a lot of information from some people much smarter than myself, Larry Burkett, Dave Ramsey, Andy Stanley, Ron Blue, Dr. Dr. James White, and some others. And they're, they're the leading edge of teaching practically and scripturally what to do, how we can better handle and get to a place of peace and freedom. Amen. So we're going to share with you principles how to get out of debt, how to build savings, how to create some margin in your life because I believe that God wants you financially free and he wants you to be at peace. And you know what? You do too. Studies show and on virtually every list, the number one cause of marital stress and discord is financial pressure. Also on virtually every list, uh, if it's not first, it's second or third that the reasons for worry and depression are connected to financial issues. And you want to be free. God wants you free. There's a way to be free. There's a way to be at peace. And you want to be free as well. Now remember this. The more margin you have in your life, the less pressure. And the less margin you have, the more pressure. So what we want to do is create margin in our, in our life. Everybody say margin. You want to create margin in your life so you have less pressure. We'll talk a little more about that uh, next week, but it's going to be a matter of something comes to you. Is it a crisis or is it cared for? And you can get in a place, you can position yourself with the help and blessing of God and handling things in the right way that what if you suddenly needed two new tires? Is that a crisis for you or is it cared for because, because you're ready for that? And that brings peace and that brings freedom and there's ways to get there. Amen. So the more margin we have, the less pressure, the less margin, the more pressure. So I want to share with you the foremost foundational biblical principle. All of this is built on, actually everything is built on this. Look with me, if you will, in Psalm 24, verse 1 in the New Living Translation. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Will you read it with me? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I want to emphasize that. Everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. There's a whole lot of folks strutting around the world think they belong to themselves. There's a whole lot of people acting as if there is not an owner. There is an owner. There is a Lord. There is a ruler. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will say, 
You're Lord. You're boss. I belong to you. Amen? So here's the principle I want us to get. Get this if you get nothing else today. God owns it all. Read it just like I did. God owns it all. Memorize it now and say it. God owns it all. You guys are brilliant. God owns it all. It all belongs to him. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Leviticus 25, the Lord says, the land is mine. Haggai chapter 2, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord. Psalm 50, for every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Implied, and let me insert, the forest is his, and the hills that the cattle on are his. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, you do not belong to yourself, for you were bought with a price, a high price. You belong to God. Help me out again. What? God owns it all. Everything. It's all God's. It's all God's. Everybody say, it's all God's. You need to walk into your house today and say, God, I love your house. You know, whatever you have, it's his. He's the owner. You're the manager. I don't care if it's your business. I don't care if you've got a whole whole herd of cattle. Is that what you call it? A whole flock of geese. Whatever you would have, it's his. God, one more time, God owns it all. And if he owns it all, he has a right to what he owns. Therefore, every spending decision is in fact a spiritual decision. Every spending decision is a spiritual decision because it all belongs to God. And he wants us to be stewards. He wants us to manage what he has entrusted to us. So the question is not, Lord, what do you want me to do with my money? The question rather is, Lord, what what do you want me to do with, with your money? The question is not, Lord, what do you want me to do with all my stuff? The question is, Lord, what do you want me to do with, come on, with your stuff? Because he, he owns it all. So what do you want me to do with this? Well, let me show you what we do with it. Typically, here's what studies show what we do with our money. And in this order, number one, we spend it. We spend it. Secondly, we pay debt and bills. Thirdly, we pay taxes. That's coming up, y'all. Don't forget. Well, I don't pay taxes because I'm from another kingdom. Yeah, and you're going to have another address pretty soon too, okay? So (laughs) render unto Caesar. So we spend... We pay debt and bills, we pay taxes, and then hopefully we save. And then finally, if there's anything at all left, then we give. But do you see what's wrong with this? This is me first. This is me first, this is God last. It's me first. This speaks of a wrong concept of ownership. It's all mine. I do with it what I want to do. And then these I have to do. And this maybe if there's anything left over. And we end up you know, with that ownership mentality, and you're not the owner. We're not the owners. God owns it all, and we would do well to honor him. God forgive us for giving him leftovers. Could you imagine having Jesus over to your house for dinner, and when he arrives, say, hey, Jesus, in, in the fridge, anything in Tupperware or, or wrapped with foil, have at it, you know? And it's just leftovers. We don't give leftovers to God. God owns it all. And so we need to reverse that thinking.
Stewardship is not about giving. Hear me. It's not about giving. It's not about giving more. Stewardship is about reprioritizing our life to reflect that he's the owner and we're just the steward. That's what stewardship is. It's not about giving, not about giving more. It's not about all of those things. Those things are included, but that's not what it's about. It's about organizing our life, prioritizing our life in such a way that reflects that God is the owner and I'm a steward. I'm a manager. I will manage what he has entrusted me with the way that he wants it to be handled. You know, because when we live this way that we had this five up here, I'm just convinced of this. and This is heartbreaking too. There is money that is going to MasterCard and Visa and Amscot and all kinds of other things. There's money at obscene interest rates that are being drained out of your life, that are controlling you, that are shutting you down, and are being, are being diverted from actually being used for God's purposes and God's kingdom. And it holds you in bondage. I can share with you numbers on how long it would take you to get out of debt if you continue to pay minimum minimum payments and so forth. God wants you free. You want to be free. We've got to handle things in a better way starting today and putting God first because he is the owner. Amen. In Matthew chapter 6, and let me set up the context here, Jesus is telling people, don't worry. Tell, tell one of your friends real quick, don't worry, don't worry. And he says, because you're worrying about these things. Watch this. He says, you're worrying about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. You're worrying about going to the mall. You're worrying about getting all these things. And he said, those kind of things are worried about by people who have no concept of God. He said, but your heavenly father, say my heavenly father. Your heavenly father, he knows what you need. And so what you need to do is to seek first. Notice the first word here, though, is but. And but is changing the, it's a contrast here. This is reversing the order. Instead of spend, pay bills, pay taxes, save, and maybe give, this reverses the order and says, but, help me out here. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's his way of doing and being right. And all these things shall be added unto you. It means this. If you put him first, he'll help you with the rest. If you put him first, he will help you with the rest. You put you first, it's all on you, baby. And so we've got to handle this in a better way, in a different way than we have by seeking him first. Now, look with me in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. You still here? 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. The Lord says this. Those who honor me, come on. Let's do it again. Those who honor me, I will honor. And the inverse is is true. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. That word despise seems heavy, and it is heavy. And you say, I would never despise the Lord. What it actually means is to treat lightly, to lightly esteem, to just kind of shrug it off. That's just God. He's merciful. No, the Lord says, those who honor me, I will honor. And if you don't honor the Lord, he's going to lightly esteem you. I would rather have the honor of God on my life. No matter how much you have, how little you have, honor the Lord. With all that he has entrusted you with, honor the Lord. Honor the Lord rather than just, "Ah, it doesn't matter. Because if it doesn't matter, you're not going to have the help and the honor of God on your life. Now, any step toward God, God will honor. You hear me? No matter where you're at, any step toward God, God will honor. He said, you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. You seek me, I will will let you find me. But you draw near to God, 
he will draw near to you. You need to just begin today. You need to readjust your thinking. You need to reprioritize your life and start to draw near to God. I'm going to share with you a plan. We've shared it for over 20 years here called 10-10-80. It's the benchmark, 10-10-80. First 10% goes to God, but that's mine. No, that's God's. It's like a, a stewardship deposit that he put on there. Just return that to acknowledge. First part of whatever you do, just you give it back to acknowledge, God, I know it came from you. And that's the beginning of blessing in your life. The second 10% has to do with savings. See, we're reversing the order. And then the 80%, you take care of the rest. And if you put God first, he will help you with the rest. And you say, I'm in such deep trouble, I can't do 10%. There's no way. But you know what? You could start right where you're at, and you can turn, and you could do, I can do half a percent. Can I tell you something again? Any step toward God, God's going to honor If you make any effort toward God, he's going to meet you there and help you there. Maybe you can't do 10, 10, 80. Maybe you're going to start at 1, 1, 98. And this is not about funding a church. This is not about funding a mission. This is not about funding a project. This is about putting God first. And when you put God first, it's the way he set it up. And as you put him first, and you say, well, I can't do 10%. Start where you are. I'm promising you, God will meet you where you are. Take that that beginning step and watch what God will do over time. Amen. Amen. Well, realize, amen. Then realize this. When you flip that order and you give to God, your giving is an invitation for God to be involved in your finances. Acknowledge that God owns it all. Everybody say it. God owns it all. I, I pray today when you walk out to your car that you realize, nice car, God. Or it's a really crummy car, God. <laughs> Honor the Lord. God owns it all. Acknowledge that. It's the beginning place. Acknowledge that. Honor him. And he'll put his honor on your life. Reprioritize your life. Let him in. He's the owner. He's the owner. And then watch what he will do. Put him first. He will help you with the rest. And I've found it happen time and time again. Not all the time. Not, I don't have little puppies running up to my house with bags of money. And a goose come by and ring the doorbell. and Blessings. I don't have that. But I tell you what, time after time after time in my life, I have watched God come through and provide for me in supernatural, unexplainable ways. Do what you know to do. Let God do what you could never do. Honor him. Know that he owns it all. That's your beginning place. And you, my friend, are headed toward freedom and peace. Amen? Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.